Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 248 of Yogaland. Hi, Jason. Hi, Andrea. We are in the midst of a, a semi-crisis in our family right now. We are. We're, we're honestly, we're having to get, get our minds online here because, as you can probably guess, it's about the Chihuahua. It it's is. about Ginger. And we think that she is experiencing low blood sugar. I don't know what she's experiencing, <laughs> but I know that she's been shaking. She's even shakier than you She's imagine. shakier than usual. Yes. She and and the causes of that shakiness have been addressed with yes. the exception of food. And I feel like I should go make her like a chicken sandwich. Yeah, like yeah. go get her like a chicken omelet or something. And she's doing this look to me because I'm like, you know, her comfort object where I feel like I need to put her in a baby Bjorn and like, you know, yeah. bounce up and down for a little yeah. while. So now that we got that out of the way, yeah. we're going to actually address a topic. But if we seem distracted. Yeah. We're, I, we I had to get that out of the way to not be distracted. We're going to do our housekeeping items, but I want to sort of talk about the theme of this this episode first. So we're going to talk about the importance of slowing down in order to tap into your creativity and inspiration. But first, uh, let's do our housekeeping. So you have your Teacher's Companion project that you've been working on, and it is, uh, I'm just going to toot your horn for you for a moment, if that's okay. And then, sure. you can, and then you can jump right in. We've talked about it a little bit already, but over the years, we've done lots of podcasts where Jason talks through, you know, different ways to use your body and different things to try and alignment techniques and anatomy. And this is really, you were always wishing you could show people visually. And now you're doing that. So these are short, like 15 minutes or less, right? Yeah, 15, they're not, I can't do, I can, it's not 50, less than 15 minutes. I wish I could do something less than 15 minutes. Okay. It's literally beyond my ability. Okay. Hey, you've heard me teach yoga, yes, right? Yes, I have, I have. I mean, once I start, yeah. it's hard to get this trundle to just pause. <laughs> okay. Unbelievable. Point is, they they're are- They're shorter than our conversations. They're shorter than right, typical podcasts, and they are companions to the podcast. And, and, and they're not necessarily going yeah. to, to directly relate, but they're going to be like short, actionable pieces of information and content that will help you in your teaching and in your practice. Yeah, like they're like the miniest teacher trainings you could find. Got it. They are longer and more substantial than an Instagram post on something, but they're shorter than a workshop. We're going to release the first two next week. So we're not going to have a regular episode of Yogaland next week. We're going to release the first two episodes of The Teacher's Companion. You can listen to them where you always listen to Yogaland, but they are video-based. So they'll be on YouTube. They will be available on our website. This is sort of like, for now, you can think of them as your yoga snacks. Because yeah. on the last episode, we were sort of talking about doing a shorter practice for now. And these could be uh, part of your inspiration for that. Yeah. The first episode is really based on a conversation we had a on a podcast a couple months ago about five different really simple ways that you as a student and then you as a teacher can help your students make alignment changes to Urdhva So really five different positions that you can position the hands and feet. 
and why those different positions matter and why they help different students with different body types and different demands. And then the second one, I don't want to say it's controversial, but I will say that two of the very common questions I get about backbending, the first several episodes are about backbending. I kind of wanted to cluster topics, right? But the second one is tons of people ask me over the years whether or not you should anteriorly tilt your pelvis or posteriorly tilt your pelvis or internally rotate your thighs or externally rotate your thighs. So I go over the mechanics of what those rotations and what those tilts do and why that I don't think as teachers we should have a blanket statement that you should internally rotate an anterior tilt or posteriorly tilt and externally rotate, but why we don't want to focus on the technique as the outcome. We want to focus on equanimity as the outcome and understand that there are different ways that different students are going to need to work their pelvis and thighs in order to be even. So I kind of talk through the technique and show the various techniques about how those techniques affect the spine and backbends what body types anterior tilt works for, what body types posterior tilt works for. So as teachers, we can kind of spend more time with trial and understand and Aaron, understand the concepts that underscore the technique instead of just memorizing the technique. You guys are going to love it. This is nerdy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the last thing that I want to say about the companion, right? Is that in our conversations, we get to go broad and we go we go super deep, but you and I, we are able to cover a lot of territory and I've wanted something where I can get really niche down for people that want to get really niche down. And it is very teacher training-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. You're going to do another little mini workshop next week that we want to talk about briefly. We are going to announce pretty soon that... Well, I guess I'm announcing now. Registration for my 300-hour training, both online and then hybrid, where part's online and part is in London for next year, is those trainings are opening up shortly. And as such, I wanted to create a webinar that unpacks some of the concepts and some of the techniques that are really important in those trainings, but also just some of the concepts and techniques that are important for all contemporary yoga teachers to understand. Some of the questions I get a lot, I was just saying I got a lot of questions about backbends, right? But right now, understanding the relationship between flexibility and mobility is really important. So I'm going to do a webinar where we can just have like a clear technical reasonable conversation about not flexibility versus mobility, but about the interdependent nature of mobility and flexibility. I want to unpack these terms and I want to help people understand the relationship between these terms. But I also want to talk about active range of motion. I want to talk about passive range of motion. I want to talk about end range strength. So really these five related topics that I think you and I know that language really matters. And as a teacher, we have to understand the concepts of all of these five different ways of understanding and using the body in order to teach our students skillfully. 
So we're going to do a webinar. I'm going to do a webinar next week that's free. That's just Wednesday. Wednesday. That just unpacks these five things. Flexibility, mobility, passive range of motion, active range of motion, and range strength. And then I also want to talk about how I incorporate all of those techniques and concepts in a practice. So kind of like where we can emphasize a little bit more active range of motion in a sequence versus a little bit more passive range of motion in a sequence and just give you my thoughts about utilizing those different layers. I feel like I feel like in social media we're in this world of verse all the time, versus. Uh-huh. It's like and in in so many ways it's like mobility's the new like the thing that's really good and flexibility is dangerous. You know what I mean? Like I think there's a lot of this just Oh, wait, I want more mobility, but I don't want more flexibility. I, I see this a lot now. Mm. And I just want to have like a, a moment where we get to spend an hour just really trying to help ourselves understand the the relationship between all these factors so that we don't take any off the table, so that we don't get caught by like new marketing buzzwords, and so that we just understand what we're actually working with when we're working with these different dynamics. And it'll also give us a little bit of a time for listeners to ask some some questions. So I'll, we'll give some time. And then I'll also give kind of like a super quick sneak peek of upcoming trainings. Yeah, I think just to clarify a little bit, I do want you to spend some time at the end for people who are interested in the training, but just kind of want to know more about the advanced training and how it's all going to work. And should I do the in-person hybrid versus should I do the all online? I just want you to kind of have that time to clarify that too. So if you are, you know, interested in the topic, not interested in the training, that's fine. You can just come for the topic and log off when we start talking about the training. But if you are interested in both, uh, it'll just be a really, really great informative session. And I'm excited we're going to do it. I will put registration for this. You do need to register just because it will send out a link. So you need to go to jasonyoga.com slash webinar. And again, it will be Wednesday, December 16th at noon Pacific time. So lunchtime, Pacific time. Can we start this conversation about slowing down by me just telling you I don't like to do it? Most people don't. And that right now, although because I'm super awesome and I'm able to mask my voice like a professional, I'm pretty sick. Yeah. And when I'm sick, I'm not good at slowing down. No. And I get very like so I, I, I just want I just want to say like as a yoga teacher, even though it's my job to help slow down and to help other people slow down, at least to the pace that we're mindful of what's happening as it's happening, I'm not I'm not very good at it. You know what I mean? Like it's one of these things that it's a lifelong learning process. And for me, in a lot of ways, it makes me feel insecure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it it makes mm-hmm. me feel kind of vulnerable and insecure. And I don't, I don't think about myself as the kind of person that needs to be constantly validated by others. Mm-hmm. So I don't exactly know why mm-hmm. I feel like I am not allowed to slow down. Well, and it's not even conceptually. One more thing. It's like, it's not even conceptually that it's not that I don't buy into the idea. It's like a physiological pattern of mine that is deeply, deeply, deeply in my bones. Yeah, I just want to start with that. And um, I want you to convince me 
that I should deal with my stuff? Well, I've been trying to do that for about 15 to 20 years, and I don't know how successful I am at that yet. So Better than not. Yeah. You know, you're kind of getting me off track a little bit, but I will just, I just want to address what you just said and say that I think that in the next like 10 to 15 years, we're going to learn, continue to learn more and more about the neuroscience behind our temperaments. And I do think that when you are sick and it's hard for you to slow down, it has more to do with neurology than it does to do because. Everything that I've read and I read, everything I can possibly get my hands on about quote unquote atypical brains or neurodiversity, and everything that I've read shows that when you do studies of brains of people who are classified as non-neurotypical, the areas of the brain that light up more actively in us are areas of the brain that are anxieties provoking yeah. right yeah. so yeah, yeah. so we walk through the world just feeling more activated as it is i do think it would just be so interesting to do some podcasts and i'm trying to like chew through it and 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 think through it about how how many people sort of are attracted to yoga who are neurodiverse because i think just like yoga self-selects re- t- tends to self-select flexible people, it might also self-select people who know somehow that they need tools to calm their nervous systems, yeah. right? And it feels so good to finally be in that state that I, I just think that would be an interesting thing yeah. to talk about. But yeah. but this actually came up for me this week because I was I did my content blueprint call and you know through the pandemic of doing these calls there've definitely been some difficult calls where i can just sense the heaviness even you know across zoom i can just kind of sense the heaviness amongst the people who are there and i really felt it this time and i felt it also within myself and I, so i just like directly addressed it and just said you know guys like this is a really hard time like in our world and we're coming toward the end of a year and everything is busy and we're trying to wrap everything up and we're trying to be happy and we're trying to celebrate and we're tired and fatigued from the pandemic. And it's okay not to do as much right now. Yeah. And it's okay yeah. because this is a content course that I'm talking to the, you know, it's okay not to post as consistently for a while. And there was like this collective sigh of relief and everybody kind of addressed it because the message from marketers and from content creators like myself is always like, be consistent, be consistent, be consistent. You have to be consistent. If you want to build your audience, you have to be consistent. And it's true. And yet, I think that people, you know, you hear from these things from marketing gurus, and they don't really pull back the veil and say, it's also okay to take a break sometimes. And it's also okay to do what you can sometimes. And it's in this profession that or in this area of interest that we're all in, if you're listening to this podcast, it's important to address your needs, like right as you are on that day, in that moment. So so I think my message is, there's several things I'm kind of trying to communicate. One is that even, you know, the most prominent online creators take breaks sometimes and log off and don't post as often or as consistently. And two, 
you know, I've gotten really good at time management over the past 10 years. Like I, I, I had to really, it's something about one thing about working at a magazine is you it's just constant time management, because you're just constantly moving files from one person to the next and people are waiting for you and people are pissed at you if you're not done. And like, if you didn't schedule the shoot on the right day and at the right place, the right time with the right weather and all these things. So I was already pretty good at time management. But in the last 10 years, I'm sort of what I consider like to be at my personal peak of time management. And I think what I've what I've what's really hit me over the past year is being productive um, is not always dependent on being busy. Right, right, right. right you know, right. I think we like equate I have to get all this stuff done. So I have to work harder and I have to work faster and I have to work more and I to, to produce. But what I want would like for people to think about, what I invite you to think about is that often it's when we let things fall away and we slow down a little bit and we actually go back to our own sources of in- inspiration, whatever those may be, that we can then return to something and be more productive. I think one of the things that I am most inspired to do regularly is to communicate information differently, right? So I think about this and it's directly related, right? Which is if I am on the treadmill of always teaching the same class at the same time, with the same intensity, with the same tone. And again, we talk a lot about consistency. Do not get me wrong. I will not fail to be consistent. However, there's a slip, there's a fine line between being consistent and being so consistent that you become automated Mm -hmm. and that you're just communicating the same thing in the same way time after time after time. And the reality is we aren't machines. Mm -hmm. And so when we start to feel like we're a Xerox machine cranking out this post and this post and this post and this post and this class and this class and this class, at some point, I think that the human in us starts to crave variety, right? It starts to crave something a little bit differently, right? Right, so I was showing you the other day, like I bought a bunch of these books and I, the reason that I bought these particular books is it's just because of their design. It's because of the layout. So for me to look at the design and layout of a different book or to look at Masterclass and to see how other people that are content experts, how they communicate their content to their audience, that information design when we started doing this years ago, right, when it, when we started with the illustrations, right, and we've done the illustrations, we've used them in different capacities. And I think it's another reason that I've come out with this multi-camera video shoot of Teacher's Companion. It's because I want to keep teaching, but I don't always want to only teach in the same, in, the same thing in the same environment. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is a very human thing. It's to figure out different but related ways to engage with the world around us, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that for me, as much as I don't like to slow down, if I don't slow down, I don't do something new, 
right? The biggest example, right? The biggest example is in our lives, the transition from almost everything, almost all the teaching that I've done in person to now mostly online. And there will still be in person, right? But I was so busy for so many years traveling 40 weekends a year that I never would have pulled back for long enough to re-envision how we do what we do. You would have done it kicking and screaming because I was about to make you. But it yeah, been well, a but also, battle. but also, I had told you. I had also told you. You remember? Yeah, I, I said within the next couple of years, yeah. I want to retire. Yeah, like I want to. Yeah, yeah. From from doing what I had been doing. Yeah. The way I had been doing it, I don't really seek right. I've for the last twenty five years, I've only been a teacher. I don't really seek something else. But the way that I do what I do has to continue to change. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It has to. So if it weren't for the pandemic as a crisis forcing my hand to pull back from Mm -hmm. that one way of working, I wouldn't have shifted to another way of working, right? Yes. So yeah, I think that you, you brought up another kind of point, which is that when we get really busy, we can feel stuck. And I think that just relating it back to content again, you know, if we feel this pressure to constantly post, and then we feel more stuck, it's like it can become this loop, this feedback loop. Like I'm more stuck. Well, I have to post. Well, I'm more stuck. Correct. And so yeah. this overcompensation. Yeah. Yeah. So So like you said, the slowing down, doing something different is where the new ideas will come from and where the inspiration will come from. And I think that that's especially important as we head into the new year, because I think a lot of you're also probably being bombarded with messages right now of plan your calendar for next year and plan your and and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you and I just had a meeting the other day to to kind of sort out our year next year. But it's just, it's equally important to go back to, like I said, go back to the sources of your inspiration so that you can just come back refreshed. Yeah. And so if that means instead of writing five posts next week, like taking that time and going back and rereading your favorite philosophical texts or going and listening to completely different podcasts or watching a documentary or calling a friend who you and like meeting them for coffee who really, really just kind of like feeds your intellect or feeds your creativity, whatever those things are that make you feel inspired are things that I invite you to focus on when times get like really compressed like this. Yeah, I think when you, I mean, I'm talking to myself, I'm trying to give myself this advice, but when you feel neurotically compelled to do something time and time again, that probably means that you need to take a moment and step off that treadmill, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and and I know it because the 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 first thing that I will do when something, when something doesn't feel for me like it's working out is I will just try to do more of that thing. You know what I mean? Like- Okay, this this class hasn't been going well. That means I need to teach more classes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This post isn't going well. That means I need to do more posts, mm-hmm. right? 
And I think that that is like pretty basic psychology of compensation. And, but at a certain point, and, and sometimes you do just have to try again, work a little harder and do more. Like there, there are, that is real. And those are times for that. But I think that it's when we feel least able to make a change or do something different, then we, we probably have to step out of that routine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So another thing that I just want to mention is it's also a really nice opportunity to go back to the basics of, you know, your practice, the things that inspire you, and also your posts. So I bring this up because in the call, we were all kind of talking about content and posting. And one of the students said that she was surprised that her she's been doing reels and that her most popular reel is this very, very basic reel where she gives one one reminder for what to do in triangle pose if you have a fused spine, because she has a fused spine. And she's like, to me, this is like the most basic thing. It's the most obvious thing, but it's definitely gotten the most engagement and the most watches. And I, you know, it was it was just such a light bulb moment for me because I think we've all found this time and time again, especially like on social media, right? That we try to overcomplicate things. We worry about what everyone else is posting and everyone else has this brilliant thing to say or brilliant thing to offer. And so we kind of spin ourselves in circles when really most people are looking to us anyway in our profession to just help them remember how to feel better and remember how to take care of themselves. And sometimes like one simple little cue of a reminder of a pose is what's going to do that. So another thing, that's just another thing to think about if you're really stuck and you really do want to keep stay consistent is just, just like really remind yourself of what is the basic crux of like what inspires you. You know, we've been talking a lot the last month about practice and staying consistent and modulating how you practice. I mean, I will tell you that pretty much everything I teach, or at least the majority of what I teach, and then therefore the majority of what I post in social media, comes directly from my experience of embodiment. Mm-hmm. And this might this might kind of be sound a little, you know, iconoclastic or whatever, but I think that for a lot of people, you know, and, and people will people will kind of joke about this from time to time, at least in trainings. And almost think it's a bad thing, but about how some of your best ideas come to you in Shavasana. Yeah. Right? But I I think this is something to understand is that slowing down in your practice. Look, even if you have a vinyasa practice, I don't even necessarily mean the pace of your, your movement. I mean, getting yourself on the mat and slowing the mind down by attuning your awareness to what you're doing as you're doing it. Whether you're moving fast, medium, or slow, I don't really care. That to me counts as slowing down. And those that process tends to often inspire new thought, new ideas, new creativity. And it's very difficult to enjoy being a yoga teacher and enjoy posting content if you don't have some creative flame. But 
for a lot of people, because they, in their practice, have a moment of creativity, I think it's a really reasonable thing to have a notepad with you when you practice, yeah, a phone with you when you practice. Idea. Like, I'll, I will tell you, like, I've said this in, in other c- capacities a lot of times, like, I will say something or I will have a sentiment come up when I'm teaching as a function of teaching. Like, look, when I sit down in front of my computer, like, I don't have a stroke of creativity. I have creativity and insight when I'm actually teaching yoga. So if when I'm teaching yoga or when I'm practicing yoga, something about this discipline comes up that I want to share, I will write it down. Mm -hmm. Or as soon as class is over, like when I'm teaching class, I'll say something and my thought will be, I want to write a little bit more about that. I want to follow up on that thread. And so as soon as that class is over, I will take a note. I'll just say, you know, post about lower back, middle back, upper back being even and back bends. Right. And then I will take that information with me. So that process of taking ourselves into our practice, slowing down, I think for so many of us that are teachers and sincere students, this is actually the environment where we're both nurturing ourselves, but taking us ourselves into that space where we're more likely to have creativity and insight and inspiration to share. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, it, what I'm saying here is there's nothing wrong with actually recording that. You know what I mean? It's actually like writing that down, yep. taking a note, because you're not going to remember it later. Right. Or it's going to seem, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you feel like you had the most like insightful yes. <laughs> thought and in the morning you're like, well, that was weird. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the same thing, though, hopefully not too weird when you then translate that experience as a teacher or as a student in your class, take a note and then try to communicate that in that other environment. Yes, because you might tell yourself that you won't forget it because it was so great, but spoiler alert, you will forget. Yeah. Yes, so that is, I think what you just kind of articulated the crux of what I, I want to communicate with this this episode, which is like, this is a time to, you know, in in the northern hemisphere at least it's it's also our winter so it's a time to it's a great time to kind of slow down and get really huga and you can do that with your whole being and here's the thing one last thing about posting because i know that, that that's what i'm fo- focusing on so and i have one days. more thing too it's okay to fall off the wagon yeah. sometimes it's more optimal if when you fall off, off the wagon and you need to take a break and you're sort of going back to the basics of your practice and the things that nourish you, it's more optimal to say to yourself, I'm taking a break and, and I'll get back to it than to berate yourself yeah. for take, and yeah. feeling stressed and yeah. busy about yeah. taking that break. Because you, you want to promise yourself, I will get back to it and you will. And this is life. And there are just peaks and valleys. And so you know, as much as you can, try to, try to use the time to just take care of yourself. Um, my thought is right along the same sentiment, which is sometimes I just don't have anything to say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I try not to say things when I don't have something to say. Yeah. And I mean that in social media too. It's like, I, I can't not say something when I teach, but, but I will say this is that there are sometimes as a yoga teacher, and I think my I think my longer time students and especially teacher trainees know this, 
and I was joking about this at the beginning of the call, it's like, once I get going, I don't stop, right? I can't go short. But the reality is, that's not true. And the reality is that I teach plenty of classes where I'm not telling people what to do the whole time, right? I'm saying, take a couple of breaths, tune in, blah, blah, blah. So as a yoga teacher, just know that there's going to be some phases of your teaching where you let yoga carry the day. Mm Mm-hmm. And you, you know, it's kind of cliche, but you kind of hold the space Mm -hmm. and you allow people to have their own experience. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing in social media is like, if you don't, if you don't have something that you want to communicate, everything's probably going to be okay if you take a couple of days off and don't communicate that thing. And can I say my only snarky thing of the day, Mm -hmm. which is you totally don't need to warn people on social media that you're going to take a break. Okay. Like no one is, if they don't hear from you for a few days, they're not gonna be like, where's at Sarah S. She hasn't posted today. <laughs> that's for our own weird psychological fear. Yeah. It, yeah. That, that's so it has nothing to do about if I were like, I'm taking a social media, that a hundred percent has <laughs> to do with me communicating to you because I'm insecure. Like if you want to take a break, take a break. You don't need to tell people outside of your loved ones right. that you're going to be taking a little hiatus right yeah. now. Like you're good. Yeah. You're totally good. The 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 circle of the cycle of the world will continue to uh spin. Yes, it will. Well, thanks for the insight. Yeah. And, and next week we do a little, this is very topical because next week we do a little something different. That's right. Yep. That's right. All right, everyone. Enjoy this time in your life and in your day. And until next week, enjoy your practice. <laughs>